When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Voice of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. I'm normally joined by Mike Duffy and I was so close to being joined by Mike Duffy until about an hour and 45 minutes ago. Um, as the day's gone on, Mike's been updating me saying that he hasn't been feeling very well. He's, he's, he's got the typical man flu. We all know how it all works. And as the day's gone on, he sent me a few voice notes and he's gradually got worse and it just sounds terrible. Um and by 6.15, he announced that he wasn't going to be well enough for tonight. So, Mike, we wish you all the best and hopefully you feel better for Christmas because I know you're worried about it. Because last year you was actually struck down by COVID and you had to self-isolate in your bedroom. You couldn't spend it with your family. So, um, hopefully it, it's nothing serious like that and you, you're on the road of recovery soon. So, send you all the good wishes from us here, mate. Um, but I am joined by two gentlemen to have saved the day they've saved christmas um it is mr tom wicks from the golden pages and mr pidge from the tailor-made army tv boys thank you so much for helping me out tonight and saving christmas tom how are you doing mate yeah i'm, I'm good thank you yeah thanks for inviting me i'll be i'll be playing the role of the, the leandro bacuna for for tonight i think uh, <laughs> brought brought in late and uh, not expecting to get a starting starting lineup, so uh, yeah, if I can perform as well as he did at the weekend, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be pleased. I'm sure you'll be cooking for a start soon, anyway, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Pidge, thank you for coming on as well. Everything all good with you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. No, no, thank you, uh, thank you for having me on. Like Tom said, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ple- pleased to um, pleased to be on your pod again, mate. It's a great honour to go on this, mate. No worries. I'm glad to have you both on. And sorry we've thrown you under the bus as well, because me and Mike, we've, we've asked the followers and listeners for some topics. Um, and, and we've had some off uh, George White, uh, Mikey Abraham, um, suggesting what they want us to include into the night. So you've had not much time to prepare for this. I've tried to help you out as much as I can. Um, so we will be covering some topics that you've suggested Um George White has suggested that he wanted us to do Watford's five worst transfers under the Pozos. Uh, Mikey Abraham went back with he wants the five best Pozos signings. Um, so we've covered them both tonight. And then with typical Voices of a Vic tradition, we've we've stuck with our categories. Um, so in our categories tonight, we've done Young Player of 2022, Unsung Player of 2022, Manager of the Year, obviously Watford. We don't have one manager in a season, so we're throwing it in. We've had four managers in this calendar year. Um, Sign-in of the year, goal of the year, team performance of the year, and worst performance of the year. I'll throw in a few Christmas-related questions as well to keep the boys on their toes as well, uh, because it is a Christmas podcast as as you're all joining us and watching. Um, We've already had our first comment. Merry Christmas, fellow Watford fans from Martin... Fletcher. Cheers for watching tonight, Martin. Hope you're all good and hope you have a good Christmas. Um, let's jump straight into it. So maybe a first Christmas-related question. I'll come to you, Tom. 
Uh, Advent calendar this year? Uh, cool. Not, no, I'm not even... No, I mean, I'm doing my own golden pages advent calendar, I guess, on social media. But I think there's enough chocolate flying around in my house, to be honest. There's Yule logs, there's uh, there's lint bunnies, and yeah, I, I don't need any more. <laughs> Maybe I should have got one of the beer the beer uh, advent calendars. Fancy that? Maybe oh, next year. I tell you, a man who I reckon has got a beer advent calendar, and it's probably Mister Mike Duffy. <laughs> but um, Pidge. You got an advent calendar. I imagine your daughter's got one. Oh, the kids have definitely got one. I've got one as well. I was going to have the Malteser one, and then my daughter, my youngest daughter, didn't like um, Kinder, so I got the Kinder one. So that that finished pretty quickly because I'm. It's either Biscoff for me or Kinders, which is my vices. So it's terrible, mate. I, I, I do love the Malteser. What was it? The little truffles that they brought out at Christmas a couple of years back, and then they've done the white chocolate ones as well. Mate, I've put on so much weight over Christmas just eating over <laughs> um, But yeah, um, Watford-related news today, actually, boys, as well. I don't know if you saw it. You probably did see it. Uh, Watford confirmed the appointment of Ben Manga as the new technical director. He'll be, he spent six and a half seasons um, with reigning Europa League champions, Eintracht Frankfurt, and Manga boasts an impressive background in recruitment, most recently serving as director of professional football at Frankfurt. The 48-year-old has also operated as chief scouts for Frankfurt, having spent successful periods as fellow at fellow Bundesliga sides Hoffenheim and Stuttgart Pro to join to Frankfurt. Um, he's also joined by Helena Costa, who will be joining as head of scouting, while further appointments will be announced shortly. Uh, Manga and his staff have begun job uh, work at London train, uh, London Colney's training ground at the start of the week. We knew this was coming, Tom, but it, it, it's good to get it finally confirmed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the club are usually a bit, uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say secretive, but they don't like announcing sort of internal um, changes, but uh, from what I've read about uh, about this new new fella, um, I'm, I mean he's, he's done sounds as though it's, it's a real coup for us. He, he led a, an Eintracht Frankfurt was part of the the recruitment staff that of the Eintracht Frankfurt side that, um, that that won the Europa League final, I think in was it last year, I believe. And you you look at the, some some of the yeah. players that he's brought in fantastic and you know on track frankfurt on a on a european heavyweight by any means so um my only um hesitancy i guess with this in 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 my excitement is uh the pozzo regime we don't tend to uh pozzo doesn't really tend to let let people do their own thing um from from what we've heard and does tend to get involved perhaps a little bit too much. I think if if this uh, if Ben Ben Manga has the opportunity to to do his own thing and and you know work do what's what's worked well for him at Frankfurt, then yeah, we've got a hell of an asset there. Um, and I, I don't know too much about Costa, but I, I believe that she was in, in his in his recruitment sides that um, at, at Frankfurt. So. Um, yeah, obviously it's a massive bonus for us. I think Jaretta moves to a different role. Um, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how it marries up with the, the Pozzo network because uh, as we'll come on to later, as you said, about the, the best and worst signings, we've had some absolute stinkers as well as some brilliant players. So hopefully we can have more more good players and cement us in the, the Premier League. Let's hope so. Um Pidge, you've done a fist pump when um, 
Tom Wicks has just mentioned Duretta. You pleased that he's actually been pushed to the side? He's a bit closer to that door now, isn't he? You seem a happy man. I'm absolutely delighted, mate, because I think Manga as well. It's a double um, double celebration for me. I'm glad Giretta's moved, ac- moved across, but Manga's absolutely brilliant. I watch, uh, I, as much as I can, I watch a lot of Bundesliga, and he's well sought after in German football, especially what Tom's alluded to, what he's, uh, his progress he's done with Antrek Frankfurt as well. And, uh, yeah, getting um, someone alongside him in his former staff as well is going to help him, but he likes to... Um, build up that relationship with the head coach. You know, firstly, the trust has got to be there with the chief scout and the head coach because it, obviously he he plays a certain system. He wants um, certain players to fit his system. And if they work, co- you know, the, the cohesion is there between Bilic and Manga, then, yeah, we've got a winning formula. And like I say, what he's done at Frankfurt is evident for all to see. You know, they're not a big gun in German football. They are, there are, in, people's mates say sleeping giant, but they're not not really, to be honest. They weren't exactly like Dortmund were in the second division and brought themselves up under clock. But he's brought them up to be a major player in the Bundesliga. And with the signings he's done, they've been, they were sensible signings. They didn't cost the earth. And he tries to unearth these gems. And I think he's a German... Ver- well, in terms of German football, he's the German football version of Walsh at Leicester. Yeah, it definitely is. Um <laughs> James from Watford Way has also popped out and said Merry Christmas. Thanks for watching tonight, James. Um, yeah, no, I'm really pleased that Duretta has actually been pushed to the side. And like you say, he's very highly rated. And I think there might be a few eyebrows raised by fellow English um, supporting fans over here thinking, why haven't my club gone for someone like Ben Manga? So it's a massive uh, coup from Watford Football Club. Um, but yeah, let's jump straight into the categories. Tom, I'll come to you first. Who would be your young player of 2022? Um, I don't think we have many players that maybe fit into this. I, I did say 22 years of age and maybe younger, but if you want to go slightly a bit older just to find someone, then you're more than welcome to. I think there's only one man that's got this, Jal Pedro. He's 21, so he's within the within the age thing. Um, yeah, I, I think we, we are genuinely lucky to have to have him play at our club. He's just got everything. Um, he's such a joy to watch and he's, he's effective this season. I, I wrote in the, the start of um, the first golden pages of the season, how it was a massive season for him. His, his um, trajectory could either go up or down and he's just absolutely skyrocketing. Um, and hopefully he can guide us towards promotion. Um, I, I mean, looking at alternatives, I mean, Yasser Esprit is an exciting prospect. I don't, I don't think he, he's... Young Player of the Year material um, at the moment, but he's the next one to take the the well trodden path from Fluminense to Watford. Um, yeah, so that they're, they're they're my two. I think yeah, Jal Pedro's absolute standout. I think he's the he's the Player of the Year, um, let alone the Young Player of the Year. Definitely, he's, he's been incredible this season, this year. The goals that he's actually added to his game as well has just been what we've cried out for. We've 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 seen what he's brought to the team, and it's like if you could just add goals to the game, Jesus, you're some some player, and he's done it this season. Uh, Mike um, Pidge, would you would you tend to agree with Tom, or have you got a slightly different choice? No, no. In terms of the not the safe bet, but I completely agree with him. Pedro is obviously going to be the one that you put in number one, but we've got some very good young players coming through the under-21s and under-18s that will be up certainly up there in our thinking, certainly next season 
It's just a shame that Hungbo um, hasn't really uh, burst on the scene this season, which I really would have hoped he would have done. But yeah, yeah, 100% Pedro. He's been absolutely revolutionary. And, and uh, like that, I'll, I'll take a quote for that, Danny Iron. I'll be very surprised if him and Martins are not playing for Brazil in um, four years' time at the World Cup. Yeah, um, they've got some youth system, haven't they, over in Brazil? Like the amount of players they produce, and in fact, like under 18s, under 20s team they've got at the moment is absolutely incredible. Did you see the guy that they've um, recently just joined Real Madrid for about 60 odd million pounds as well? Um, same crazy. age as Martins. It's, it's crazy. But um, yeah, we've got a good connection to Brazil and Fluminense, so just keep them coming. <laughs> um, Tom. Next one, it's going to be unsung player of the year. So probably a player that don't really get too much plaudits um, or not much praise. Um, Who who have you gone for? I I had a real think about this one. My initial thought was Chowdhury. um, But then I thought, well, you know, he's he's coming in on loan from a, a Premier League club. I think we had a right to expect a certain level from him. I know he's a bit Marmite. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I think he's been fantastic for us this year. But the one that stood out for me as the unsung player of the year is Backman. Um, I, I think he's still got problems, I think, commanding his box. But, I mean, the fact that he's kept a £5 million goalkeeper on the bench, um, he's never really spoken about. But it looks as... Well, the games that I've seen... Um, He's he just steps up every time. You don't see many mistakes from him, and that's almost like a referee. That's all you know. The one of the best things you can say about a goalkeeper. If you don't notice them, then they're you know, then they're doing a great job. And um, I'm not really been one of Daniel Backman's greatest fans over the years, but I think he's been certainly fits that that category for me. Yeah, it's ten clean sheets this season for Daniel Backman as well so far. Um, Doing a good job. Um, obviously, it was difficult for him last season watching Ben Foster um, have that number one jersey when Ben Foster's performances weren't really up to scratch. And you're like, mate, Batman probably deserves an opportunity over him and he wasn't given it. Um, so it's good to see that Batman has kicked on as well. And it, I, I know we're talking about it slightly later on, but when we're looking into um, signings of the, the best signings for the Pozzos, I didn't put him in my top five, but I popped him in like a, my top 15 when I had to narrow it down. You've got to remember, we, we got him on a free transfer from Stoke City and he's really kicked on. He was from their academy. We've sent him out on loan to Kilmarnock. He fantastic there. Um, got him into the Europa League, came back for Watford, helped us get promoted. It was a bit iffy in a Premier League, but I think the, the championship's his standard, isn't it, Tom? Um, he, he seems like he's found his level. Yeah, I think, as you said, the path... For, for a goalkeeper is different to to uh, you know an outfield player and I think he's one of the few that have been nurtured and he's got a chance now in you know in this Watford side he had a good last championship season um, as you said disappointing Premier League um, appearances and um, yeah he really kicks I really hope that if we do go up you know touch wood cross fingers etc that he gets a chance in the Premier League because I think he he deserves it from from his displays this season and it's one of the hardest things uh, one of the hardest um, positions, goalkeeper, to to just come off of the bench because you, you'll be sat there, you know, throughout the season, and it, it just you're the one replacement, and uh, and you're expected not to make any mistakes. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely gets my my plaudits, and I hope he continues in the same vein because I think he's he's been a real uh, a real asset to us this season. 
seems like a good person to have in and around the team as well. I've seen that he was um, he went to the Watford Hospital the other day as well to see all the children there giving out presents, and then he featured in a video for Manscaped today as well. And just seems like a good character to have in and around the dressing room. Uh, so that's Tom's unsung player of 2022, Daniel Batman. Uh, Pidge, who have you gone for? I've gone for Ken Semmer. I think he's he hasn't got that really that real X factor that you need in the in the Premier League to really set anyone alight. But in terms of his work rate, he's excellent. I, I absolutely love the guy for just pure passion, and he'll play multiple positions as well. Backman is definitely up there, hundred ten percent. If it wasn't Semmer, I would have gone for Backman. Um, but yeah, Semmer, yeah, I'm really really impressed with him. Like I say, he's you know in the Premier League, you won't do much in terms of turn to meds, but if you want a steady Eddie that's going to give you under 10% and work rate and set an example for many of the players, then, yeah, you go for Semmer every time. Yeah, same again. Another championship player who... I think he's probably like a 7 out of 10 each game. You know what you're getting from Ken Semmer. You know he hasn't really got the pace, but he's got the strength and trickery to get round you. And his stats this season are pretty good. Considering he's only played 23 games, he's got two goals and six assists. Uh, he was unlucky not to get a third goal, but Raymond and I got a, a stud on it away at Birmingham City. But yeah, Mr. Consistent, I'll put Ken Semmer down to. Um, so yeah, great selection for an unsung hero. And it's good to see that you've both gone for different people as well. Uh, this is what we love about having podcasts and that. It, it, it's different opinions. Um, I, I really struggled thinking about this as well because I, I would have initially gone for someone like Craig Cathcart, but then I'm like, he does get praised. And we do talk about him quite a lot, saying about how important he is to the side. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I haven't got one. <laughs> I'm going to probably go make a dis- decision out of Pidge and Tom's and I'll probably go for... Maybe, oh, I don't know. Oh, it's so tough. I'm going to go for Ken Semmer. Only because I think he does a lot of work offensively and defensively um, on that side. He, he, and, he, and he's playing over on the right-hand side as well. Um, playing out of position. He's building at left-back. He was outstanding left-back away at Cardiff City this season um, when um, Kamara had that suspension. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go for Ken Semmer for that one. But it, it's tight. Batman's been fantastic for us in the last calendar year as well. Um, Tom, easy one. Manager of the year. Four managers <laughs> have been in that dugout at Vicarage Road this season. We've obviously had Claudio Ranieri, then Roy Hodgson. He passed the baton over to Rob Edwards. Rob Edwards didn't stay long. He's passed it over to Slavin Bilic. Who would be your Watford manager of the year? I mean, it's it's a it's a little bit sad that we've got this is a category in itself, isn't it? I think that goes <laughs> goes to show uh, what a mad pot club we are um, <laughs> that we that we follow. It's uh, what a fun yeah. club to support. <laughs> fun, that yeah, that's probably a, a better word for it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you've got to go with Billich, haven't you? I, I, thought, I would have said Rob Edwards, but I I, I don't think you can come back from uh, from going to from uh, his decision to move up the road. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it can only be Billich, can't it? Um, I think he's the only one that hasn't had a sustained bad run, and obviously he's still here uh, at the time of recording, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think for the, the Luton game alone, that, that game brought me so much pleasure. Um, yeah, there's been highs and lows, and it seems as though there's a, a bit more of a, a team spirit and... Uh, 
yeah, it seems as though we're going somewhere. It's not just a a stopgap. I mean, that might be na- very naive of me of me to think that, but um, yeah, it, it's only him and yeah, long may it continue as well. I hope he does. He, he does get a fair crack of the whip and and is here to the end of the season, come what may. I hope so. He's had a fantastic start um, to his career at Watford. Um, I know he's had a couple of iffy results, but he he picked up a side that had a lot of injuries. I know Rob Redwood's had injuries as well, but he's equally been hit by it. And he's managed to get a tune out with players and sorted out our defence. Four consecutive clean sheets in the Championship um, which is the first time since 2001, um, which is great to see. We've always had a bit of a leaky defence. Um, Pidge, who would you go for for your manager of the year? Would, would it be similar? Would it be Mr Slavin Bilic as well? It's got to be That's Roy, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> Roy Hodgson, uh, hands down. No, but yeah, look, you can't go for anyone else. It's a bit, like you said, it's a bit sad we've got, actually got this category in here because... Um, like most people say, manager of the month for our club is a, an appointment, not an award. Uh, <laughs> which, which you can't get annoyed at. You got to laugh at it, you know. But um, yeah, I'm, just like Tom said, I, I have to agree with Tom um, again that you know Billy should be knighted after that game, that four nil game. I tell you, it's been the New Year's honours list for beating them because you know the the only other t- time we smashed them four nil was when God was in charge. So. Um, 25 years apart to the month as well, so um, not a bad, not a bad 25 year celebration, was it? It wasn't a bad result against Luton as well, considering we lost um, to Mill three 0 about three four days beforehand. I, I think Watford fans going into that game were not confident, and and, and that's rare going into a derby game. You, at home, you'd fancy yourself, you'd think you'd be up for it. We really worried about that. We was like. I honestly thought we was going to get battered. Um, Luton was on a good run of form. I think they won four or five games in a row, but it was unbeaten. How on earth did he turn it around? Uh, he must have gave him one hell of a kick in uh, at full time. Um, but then again, Craig Kakar were back. He wasn't involved in the middle game. Mr. Consistent came back, was in the centre of a defence. Watford ended up winning 4 0. Um, I'm putting it all down to Craig Kakar. Um, Sign of the year, um, Tom. Uh, um, I think this one I might differ from Pidge, but um, my signing of the year is João Pedro. I know he's technically not joined us, but he signed a new contract after the um, <laughs> his interest with uh, with Newcastle, I like and it. I think that's I think that's the best bit of business we'll do yeah. probably for the next two or three years. To be honest, um, yeah, I think his from a business perspective is is you know the finance financial uh, you know benefits of that going to absolutely skyrocket and uh, yeah I mean I'm I'm a real fanboy of Xiao Pedro at the moment <laughs> it's a little bordering <laughs> on embarrassing to be honest but um yeah it's, 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 got, it's got to be it um it's got to be him for me um I'd say a, a, perhaps a sort of shout out to to Chowdhury again um I really like him and I hope that he stays um whatever division we're in um similarly I like Davis but I think he needs to he needs to have a good prolonged season um to disprove a few of the doubters about his injury records um but yeah I, I think yeah it's got to be Jao Pedro for me sorry to like mess with the mess with the the category a little bit <laughs> no I like it what, you, what you've done is you found a loophole um like Watford normally find a loophole don't they when they find all these loan signings first time when the Pozos took over we, we brought in about 11 
different loan signings. So I like it. You've, you've kept with Watford theme. Um, and yeah, it, it feels in itself a signing, isn't it? Just a securing for an extra few months to January. I, I imagine he'll stay in January and play the full season. But yeah, I'm a massive fanboy like you of Joel Pedro. I'm going to decorate my whole bedroom if he stays at the end of the season with just Joel Pedro wallpaper everywhere. I drive my missus nuts, but I don't care. I love we have to hold like you that. to that, Ben. We all yeah. pictures oh. at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up doing my room like Pidgey's at the moment, but instead yeah. it's just going to be Joel Pedro's face <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you have to wear a mask um, for the games as well, mate. <laughs> it's probably a good thing if I wear a mask, to be honest, mate. Right? Um, but yeah, <laughs> who's your um, signing of the year? It, uh, it's good, yeah. The business side that I, I see where Tom's coming from, but the, in terms of signing, yeah, Chowdhury for me. I know he gets a bit of stick sometimes, which you know everyone's entitled uh, entitled to their opinion. And there is some times where you sort of infuriate with him, but yeah, yeah, I think he's he's been our best signing so far. I know we've got ones coming up which will probably change my opinion, but yeah, Chowdhury as a as a player. Um, yeah, I think he does a lot of unsung work that a lot of people, including myself, won't notice a lot of time in the game. So, yeah, definitely Chowdhury for me. Yeah, no, good choice. Um, I was saying to Mike last week or the week before, he was getting a lot of stick and I don't think you realise how much he actually does for the team until he's actually gone. Um, the moment he was taken out of that side against Hull, there was a massive hole there and he's got he had the most interceptions in the championship leading up to that game as well. It's probably changed now because of the injuries that he's done, but he just shows that he's very he's just vital to his Watford team and hopefully he's back soon. I know it was five, six weeks Billich just said that he was possibly out for. So maybe towards the end of January he might be starting to look to training with the first team again. And it'd be a good timing if he is coming back around that time as well, like end of Jan, February, because that's when Imran losers being maybe talked about possibly returning as well so hopefully that'll be like another extra like transfer window of signings coming in just players coming back through the door um, so yeah great shout with um, Hamza Chowdhury do, do you know well, as well with the with Chowdhury I think um, just to sort of build on that that he has a, a few detractors I think his biggest problem is who he plays with I think mm. when we've seen loser play alongside him we've just seen we've seen it tick along so well in the middle I just yeah. I, I don't like him and Kayembe in the middle I don't think it works for me because they're they're quite similar players, but I think Kayembe's a bit of a downgrade on Chowdhury, to be honest. Um, he just he just looks looks class, looks different different level, and I think this is a name that might pop up elsewhere in in this uh, in this pod. But he reminds me of Alan Barami so much, and I absolutely loved him. Oh, yeah. I love Barami. I really loved him. <laughs> I thought he was a brilliant player for us. Great workhorse, wasn't he? He just gave 110% in every game. You know what he was going to get. And considering his age as well, when he signed for Watford, he looked very energetic. He didn't stop running. He chased everything down. 100%. So, yeah. Um, goal of the year now, Tom. Um, we've scored a fair few goals in the last um, 2022. What have you gone for as your favourite? I struggled. There was three that I had... Um... So again, I'm going to be looking for that loophole and probably going to get a, the equivalent of a, of a points deduction for this. But I'm going to go for three. I'm going to go for Davis's goal in the third minute against Luton. I thought the build-up play for that was excellent, and there was a real intelligence with with Saar dragging the player, the defender out, waiting for Kamara who just who crossed the ball in, and you know uh, Davis's dexterity to get on that with a with that acrobatic finish. So that's going to be one of them. I couldn't decide the order. 
Um, number two for me was Kucho's acrobatic strike against Arsenal. Quite similar Thank to Davis's goal, I think. Um, good build up on the right. Um, I think there was it was Sissoko and uh, I think Dennis who occupied a few occupied a few defenders, bought time for Kiko on the overlap to whip across in, and, and what a finish that was. That was beautiful. Um, and then I think, yeah, you can't you can't really forget about Sars' goal against West Brom. That's that's going to be goal of the season. As soon as that went in, that was uh, that's going to be the championship goal of the season. So, so sorry that it's three, but I can I can whittle it down really. Bit great for different reasons, I think. Those we'll keep it as a three. They've all been great to hear again, and yeah, Keenan Davis scoring against Luton in the third minute, fantastic start. Um, Derby games don't get any better than starting a game like that after three minutes, and what a fantastic finish! The ball was behind him. How on earth he he managed to get on the end of that and put it past the keeper? I have no idea, but. Vicarage Road went crazy, and that was the best atmosphere I think I've ever heard inside Vicarage Road. Um, Pidge, what was your favourite goal of the year? No, it was only one for me. It was Davis against the Scum. Um, that was that was my one. In terms of the class, yeah, the Kucha and the Saar one would beat him. But in terms of the overall build-up, and I, I actually loved the one that Pedro scored in the first game of the season against Sheffield United, the way we counter-attacked yeah. and played that ball as well. Yeah. That being, if I had a top five, that'd be like fourth in the list. So, But yeah, I'm going for Davis against them. Yeah, I don't think you can look any further than Davis. It's the importance of the goal, especially like we said, coming into the game after a 3-0 defeat away to um, Millwall live on Sky Sports as well. It was just fantastic way to start and the way he, he changed his body to get on the end of it the ball was behind him and it was just great and it, we just steamrolled him after that it was, yeah derby days don't get any better than that um tom i think i think i know this one I, I, i'm pretty <laughs> sure um team performance of the year i think we've spoken about a game quite a lot already in this uh, podcast I and mean, we're only half an hour in am i right in thinking it's maybe the Luton performance yeah, it, it, I'm. I'm sorry, Pidge. I'm going first. I'm. I'm nicking all the good, the good ones. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, the, the Luton one was just just unbelievable. Like it really, it was one of those games that you'll remember for years and years and years. Obviously, bit with it being a derby as well, so you've got the added importance. But um, yeah, I mean, I, in the next issue of Golden Pages, we've got a whole section about about that that Luton game and and um, and the one in '97 as well. It, just, just absolutely perfect day um, on the pitch. Anyway, um, and yeah, I've written at length about it. I'm sure Pidge will go on to in more detail. I, I just want to mention a couple of the other ones um, that made my list. So the Sheffield United game at home in September that we won one nil. Um, Pidge mentioned Jal Pedro's goal there. I, I thought we we re- we looked like a proper outfit then. That was the moment I thought, yeah, we're going to be right up there. I know it was early on in the season, but um, we put on a really good performance and I think that's one of one of Sheffield United's only defeats so far this season I think they've they've had less than a handful um it's a perfect game plan um but yeah that's so yeah they're, they're the two for me obviously Luton's a standout one easy one for you as well Pidge well I was going to go for the classics like Millwall and Blackburn away for my performances of the season but I thought, <laughs> I, I thought I was, it, the Luton one just swayed it very uh, very slightly so yeah definitely oh, definitely the scum game you can't beat it. it's so obvious it's very hard you got stuff like the away game I think it was Southampton away wasn't it we won um, in the Premier League you got stuff like that and the Stoke one but overall performance <laughs> yeah Luton beats it hands down doesn't it yeah 
yeah. And I mean, like, we, we absolutely steamrolled them that day as well. It wasn't it wasn't even close. Like it was, I think everyone had a at least a nine out of ten performance that day, and it was it was men against boys. Uh, no matter what level of football you're playing at, if you can do that to any team, that's um, you're going to get a hell of a result. And, and we did in the, probably one of the most important games of the year. What I loved about it as well was Nathan Jones moaning like you knew he was was whinging, making excuses. Oh, we had a sickness bug. True con shit housery. When he went over to the player, it just it got sent off, like, waving at him. It, it, it was just brilliant. It, it, it was just such a fantastic day, and I'll take it to my grave. Like I've I've only been to watch Watford play Luton once, and that was back um, early two thousands. I think it was Neil. One one, I think Marlon King scored, chipped the goalkeeper. Yeah, and then yeah. then they scored later on in the game, and that's the only game. And I was quite young in that to to beat them four nil. Now it's and waited so long to go to a game like that as well. It was just it's what fans dream of. Yeah, I went to I went to the ninety I went to ninety three one Rhoda's first game. We lost two one at their place. Uh, the one all in ninety four when Phillips flicks it past Kelvin Dose. We should have won that. Obviously, the 4 0 97, um, which oh, it's still, I still think that even beats the one this season. It, honestly, it was absolutely amazing away at the scum. We didn't beat them for 10 years, so imagine waiting 10 years to bloody beat them as well. Oh, unbelievable. Um, yeah, stuff like in the, the 97 one, um, just before that game at home, and it was one all basically scored in the last minute, and the whole pit, a whole north stand when it was the home end, just flew onto the pitch, pitch evaded. <laughs> Seven minutes of injury time, we equalised. So, um, yeah, that's that, how much that, it means to us. <laughs> it really does. Um, I'm going to stick with you now, Pidge, because Tom's is, is taking all the good ones. Um, and I should have <laughs> maybe mixed it up a little bit, but apologies for that. I'll, I'll come worst performance of the year now is it going to be those two that you've mentioned that you teased with saying there was going to be your your performances even though you was maybe tricking us most of the home games we had in the Premier League season would have been but, <laughs> um, Norwich but that's yeah that's coming up a year yeah almost just missed just missed out the Norwich one that would have been my one but mm. yeah it was hard not to pick one out of those two and I think yeah def- I'll go for Millwall um, 100%. I think that was awful. Millwall deserved it. They were miles better than us. And like Tom's, uh, Tom alluded to again, two c- contrasting games. It was men versus boys in that game as well. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing watching that performance. Um, Tom, what's your one? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still smiling from discussing the Luton game. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, well, um, right, I've changed the tone. Right, worst performance. Uh, I think yeah, I think Millwall is right up there. Uh, the one that sprung to mind uh, was Leicester beating us 5-1 at home uh, towards the end of last season. Looked like everyone had given up all hope and were just desperate to get away, you know, get away on the beach and uh, and forget about it. I think similarly with Leeds as well. Um, I think that was one of the first, the 1-0 the defeat was one of the first, or one or 2-0. Um, that was one of the first signs that, the team looked as though they'd called it in for me um, and there wasn't any coming back. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think probably that one. Uh, again, again, Millwall, that was just utter dreadful. Um, but I think that was that was more of a game plan issue for me. Um, and I, a shout out to the whole game of a couple of weeks as well, ago as well. 
the the nil nil. That was that was one of my worst experiences uh, in the last couple of years. And, and bearing in mind the the relegation season, I mean everything about that day was just awful. The weather was horrible. Um, there was no no atmosphere in in the crowds. Everyone in the crowd didn't want to be there, let alone the players. Um, and I think it just goes to show how bad Hull were that uh, that they didn't beat us, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think that the Leicester, we'll go, we'll go with the Leicester 5 1 at home. Talking about that whole game very quickly, have you got your feelings back in your fingers yet? Because you were outside selling the, um, the golden pages. Do you know what? I, I, prepared, I prepared for it. I prepared for the, um, you know, I, I bought a, a massive coat. I had hand warm, you know, the hand warmer gel things to activate it out of the packet. Um, but yeah, I, I still <laughs> still took me a few hours after the game uh, to, to, to get any sort of feeling back. And uh, oh, thankfully, geez. a few people bought a copy of the, uh, a copy of the issue to, to make it worthwhile. Good. They kept you warm by keeping you busy. That's what I want to yeah. hear. Um, Perfect. So that's all our categories done. So we'll go on to the, the five best transfers under the Pozos and the five worst as well. Um, just quickly, by Pidge, are you a fan of Brussels sprouts? I'll have them if it's Christmas. It's a bit like the bottom thing. He goes, Brussels sprouts, why are we having them? Because it's Christmas. It's basically that. That's, <laughs> that's the only reason I have them. That's the same as me. I only have one as well because it's tradition and your mum's like nags you and it's like, like just have a Brussels sprout. So like, I don't want a Brussels sprout. Have a Brussels sprout. Oh, I'll fucking have a Brussels sprout. And it, yeah, they're, they're grim, aren't they? Um, Tom, what about you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Brussels sprouts, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, it's probably not something I'd have throughout the year, but um, yeah, no, it'll do me. All right, fair enough. And Paige, what's your favourite or least favourite Christmas song? Christmas what? A uh, uh, favourite Christmas song or least favourite? Oh, God, it's that bloody Mar- Mariah Carey one. As your favourite? No, that's my least favourite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'd rather, I'd rather watch a side coach by Colin Lee, mate, than listen to that. Jesus. Tell you what, she's, she's done a fair, she's done a good job out of it. She's never got a work going, does she? She makes her money with it coming out oh, every year. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tom? What's your favourite or least favourite Christmas song? Do you know what? I hate Christmas songs. I can't stand it. I used to work in a supermarket back in the day and uh, I did a, a lot of overtime during Christmas and they just they just pumped it through the, the sound system. So I, I, can't, I can't really listen to them anymore. Um, I'd probably say the, the Rage Against the Machine song that, that won Christmas number one a few years ago is probably my, <laughs> my pick. I'm not sure you can count that as a Christmas song. Uh, my worst is is the the Slade one. I think I just I just want to yeah just th- throw my head down the toilet. I think when uh, when I hear that <laughs> it's, it's horrible. So, sorry, I, that one. sounds really grinchy of me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. What about you, Ben? Um, pro- probably anything done by Lad Baby. Um, <laughs> uh, any sausage roll related Christmas song. It's not for me. Um, as much as they're doing uh, these songs for charity and that, which is fantastic and helping out people that can't afford to put food on the table, I, I just don't want a Christmas-related sausage roll song. Um, I, I want the traditional songs. Um, I'm just maybe a bit picky. I'm maybe just getting old. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll jump into this um, five best Watford transfers under the Pozos. I'll come to you first, Pidge. Maybe just give me one and then... No, give me all five of yours and then we'll go to Tom for five and then we'll do my five. 
what's your best five, Simon, for your top one? Oh, Abdi's the first one. Um, whew, Pozzo's ones. You've got Abdi, Kapu's one of my favourite players in the Pozzo era. Uh, could be my favourite one. Um, Kafkart definitely up there, free transfer. Um, God, oh, blimey. It's a really hard one. In terms of profit, it was Richarlison, but not in terms of, you know, how well impact he'd done. Um, Decore be another very good one in terms of midfield. They were excellent. Um, go, I, I love Gomez, but I'll take I'll take Decore out. I'll put Barami and Gomez in there as well as my top five. You, I think you've got six. I've got six. Even when you, even when yeah. you take one of them out, I think okay. you've, you've got. So I've got Abdi, um, Kafkart, um, Gomez, and Barami. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, they're very good, and and out of all of them, not much money spent, if not many money spent at all. Um, Gomez free transfer, Barami free transfer, Kapu. I think we spent about five six million on him, which is a fantastic investment considering how much he actually paid for Watford week in week out. Fantastic player, and I don't think Villarreal maybe expected him to be that good. Uh, I know they signed him and wanted him to be a certain standard, but I think he expected expectations over there and ended up winning the Europa League, didn't he, with Villarreal? And what a fantastic servant he was for Watford, the old um, octopus legs. Is that what I called him, octopus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, love that pitch. Um, Tom, what's your five best transfers on the Pozos? I've gone for ones that that have made a, a real impact at the Vic for footballing reasons, again, like, like Pidge rather than the financial. Some of the players, I think, are probably the most important ones rather than the best ones. These are the, you know, your, your roast potatoes cooked in, in goose fat. You know, they're not the, they're the stable ones, the ones that make everything happen in the roast dinner. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for uh, Gerard Delafeu. Uh, got us to an FA Cup final. Bit of an enigma, but on his day, I think probably the best player that we've had in, in my generation at, at Watford on, on his day. Um, and yeah, just the, the FA Cup semi-final as well. Just absolute magic. Uh, ben Watson, bit of uh, sort of out of, the, out of the corner, that one. He joined us in January 2015 and made an immediate impact. Remember the Blackpool game at home in which we were 2-0 down at half-time. He came on and we won 7-2. I think he was integral <laughs> to that promotion season and he really stabilised the statue. It was exactly what we needed. And I don't think where we would have had the success in the Premier League without that uh, without that season and a, and a bit, to be honest, because he did a bit in the, the Premier League as well for us. Um, number three, Aurelio Gomez. Exactly what Pidge says, you know, free transfer. One of the best keepers in, our, in Watford's history. He was a Spurs outcast when we got him and he helped... He, completely restored his reputation had a great link with the fans too everyone loves him you know the, the images of him jumping up in the air celebrating once a goal went in and he, he was just a hell of a hell of a player um absolutely super like re- really reliable um um he helped lead us to an fa cup final too um and who can forget his throws as well he couldn't kick it for toffee but <laughs> his uh his overarm throws were, were something to behold <laughs> Um, okay, so that's what we're on three. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm surprised this one hasn't been mentioned. Oji Nigalo, uh, 
Um, I believe he might have been on a free as well. I think he came from Granada, who were a Pozo owned club at that stage. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant player for us. Um, took us to another level in that first season in the Premier League and took us over the line in the Championship. We had a great link up with Troy, a real goal scorer. Um, you know, they're, they're really hard to come by. And, you know, considering that he was he was at Man United's, uh, you know, his dream club at right at the end of his career. I think we were very lucky to get him when we did. And that was a hell of a find. Um, so I'm just glad that we saw him. And similarly to uh, similar to Herelia Gomez with his long throws, I'll always remember the Iggy scoop where he kind of moved his body and, and shifted the ball around a defender. And no matter how many defenders he would come up against, none of them would expect it. Uh, that's one of the things that I loved about him. Uh, so that's four. The fifth is a little bit harder. I've got a few candidates here. I don't know if you can count Troy Deeney. I know he was at the club then, but he, he was released from prison and I think he could have left. I think that's probably a bit too much of a loophole, too much for... Uh, he's signed a new contract then. for his in, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I'll probably go... Oh, it's, yeah, it's between Barami, Cathcart and Abdi. Um, I think for longevity, uh, you know, free transfer, we'll go Cathcart. Um Oh, yeah, he's my, my favourite at the moment. Um, and he's yeah, on the last cover of the issue. I got to speak to him as well. Top bloke and um, a real character as well, from, from what I hear. So we'll go for those. Brilliant. Fantastic five there as well um, from yourself. Um, yes, yeah, so I've done a few as well. I found it so tough to nail this down for five as well, just like the worst ones, which we're going to come to later on, because I'm trying to think of maybe the contributions to Watford Football Club and then also the money that maybe Watford have made out of it. But I've led towards the contributions to Watford Football Club and then I'll maybe mention a few players that we have had that have been good for Watford after they've left with the money they've actually raised. Um, so my first one's Craig Cathcart, free transfer from Blackpool in that first season under the Pozos. He signed in um, 2014-15, his second spell with the club as well, we've got to remember. He was on loan from Manchester United the first time round. He, he he just slotted in straight away, ever-present. He's been ever-present since. He's been outstanding. Um, and it, if it wasn't for maybe Joel Pedro this season, if we was fighting for a player of the season, Craig Cackart would probably be up there for me because he, he's just been brilliant. Exactly what we need, especially with our defence. You need someone cool and collective. You need that experience. And Craig Kakar is that man. And he's wearing that captain armband with pride. And he's delivering as well. Um, my second one would be Herelia Gomez, like you've touched on as well, Tom. Fantastic um, servant for the club. Also a club captain as well. Um, I, I put him down to maybe a, a slightly a bit of a club legend with what he's achieved at Watford, considering... He, like you say, he was an outcast at Spurs. He's completely turned his career around. Uh, he was involved in that FA Cup run um, to the final as well. Um, got us back into a Premier League. Lovely, lovely guy. Great sense of humour. I, I love Heredio Gomez, so he's in for me. Etienne Capu signed in from Spurs for five, six million. I think it's a fantastic bit of business. Another outcast from, outcast from Spurs as well. They spent a lot of money after Gareth Barrow went and Etienne Capu was one of them. So maybe there was a bit of pressure on him joining Spurs thinking we've spent all this money. He, he's got to deliver straight away and he struggled a little bit, but he came to Watford, found his feet and was absolutely outstanding. Um, 
Kiko Femenio would be my fourth one. Free transfer from Al- Alaves over in La Liga. We know that partnership we've, we've seen from him on that right-hand side with Ismail Assar. His deliveries into the box, the assist he's provided. He chipped in with maybe two, three goals as well. Um, Kiko, just fantastic player to have in and around the dressing room as well. Um, so he's in for my fourth one. And then my fifth one is no other than Jal Pedro. By far one of the best talented players I've seen in a Watford shirt. I'm not old enough to have witnessed John Barnes or Luther Blissett, but Joel Pedro, my God, he's got absolutely everything and he can go to the very top. I think we paid maybe about £10 million in around that price mark for him from Fluminese, which is a lot of money for an 18-year-old when he, well, well I think it was a 17-year-old originally, and then he, he couldn't join us until he was 18. Um and the amount of money Watford will potentially make from him as well once he goes is unthinkable. Um, so, yeah, that would be my top five. Um, other players that we could have maybe considered, Emmanuel Dennis from Club Bruges, uh, joined for £3 million. Uh, Ger- Gerard Delafayu, which uh, Tom's already mess- uh, mentioned. Richarlison, if we was on about maybe making profits out of sales, Richarlison would be that guy. Signed him for about £10 million, sold him for about £40, £50 million pounds to Everton. Um, you can't get any better than that. I marked down Will Hughes as well with a question mark because what he brought into our side as well. I know when he joined from Derby County, we played him out on the left under Javi Gracia. But in that championship season, I thought he was absolutely fantastic and he was that glue in the middle of the park. Um, the core Ray I put down, I thought he was fantastic. Um, signing from Rennes, he was, he was maybe on the outskirts when he first joined and then had to work and wait for his opportunity. But once he was in, the box-to-box dynamics that he showed was great and, again, made a lot of money out of the sale of Decore. And then I, I listed Igalo as well, which Tom's already alluded to. Um, so that that would, that wraps up the best signings for the Pozos. Um, just quickly, before we go over to the worst signings and wrap up the pod, Tom, what's your favourite Christmas film? Oh, blimey. That's well, you're going to tell me you don't like caught, Christmas caught me films, off guard then. there. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't mind. I don't mind Christmas films. Uh, oh, God, yeah, you, you caught me off guard a little bit there. What what I do, um, what my wife does is a bit of a tradition, is that we go through the, the Harry Potter films in order throughout the, the Christmas period. Not in a day. I'm not even sure there's enough hours in a day. But, uh, yeah, it's just a little <laughs> tradition tradition that we have i guess not not strictly christmasy but yeah quite quite like die hard though um yeah yeah okay fair enough um yeah harry potter is always in and around on round christmas as well isn't it you it, they always play it on itv and yeah you can't you can't beat about harry potter um pidge your favorite christmas movie I certainly wouldn't put harry potter because i'm a lord of the rings fan so <laughs> i'm one of those um Traditional would be Father Christmas the movie, but for true um, Christmas spirit, it, you can't go any uh, any um, further than dyed and trading places, mate. <laughs> ah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, very good films. Um, mine's a little bit different. Maybe it's showing my maturity, but I love Elf. <laughs> also, uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street as well always gets me. Um, fantastic. Home, movie. home Alone. Home Alone. Why didn't I think of Home Alone? Yeah, Home that's, Alone, that's the, yeah. the best one, wasn't it? Two. Yeah. Um, and you've not just got one, you've got one, two, three. Did I do a fourth one with a different boy as well? Three was, wasn't it? 
what they changed it with the, the, the third one for a different actor. Uh, yeah. It's sort of getting older. Fair enough. All right. And also, I'm going to catch you off guard again here, Tom. So you better be good on your feet. <laughs> if you were Santa Claus, what type of cookie would you want to be left out on Christmas Eve? Uh, I'd, I'd go for a uh, oh, I'd, I'd go for a brownie. Again, I'm going to mess with the loop. I'll go for a double, double or triple, triple chocolate brownie or something like that. So really sickly and warm as well. It must be warm. Must be warm. And mm. I imagine in your freezer, you got a bit of vanilla ice cream to go with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, or some double cream or something. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so fat in January. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to the next time I see you sending your golden pages. <laughs> and, and Pidge, what about you? What, what type of cookie or change your rules completely? What would you just want from if you were Santa Claus? No, Biscoff. <laughs> the big ones. <laughs> That's it. Just give me Biscoff. I'm fine. Or Oreo. <laughs> Fair play. Um, I, I, I'd prom- probably want... Have you seen those... Um, um, assorted packs of biscuits at M&S do like the chocolate ones mm. like anything from there will do for me I absolutely destroy them I'm having the Aldi alternatives at the moment I'm probably going through one a fortnight which ain't good and I started in October um, so <laughs> I've got a lot of running to do when six exercise starts up again in January <laughs> um, but yeah um, that's, that's all the Christmas um, questions now all done which you'll be pleased to know um so we'll go straight into the worst transfers that Watford have done under the Pozzos Pidge I will come to you first on this one as well what, what's in your top five there's there's been a lot of howlers yeah well first one's Andre Gray number one um yeah I just think the guy apart from that FA Cup run he was a he was useless um two fan because his love for Greg's um <laughs> It was, yeah, that was one that, like I said, just on that whole one, that was the only two highlights was abusing the ex-Luton keeper and abusing um, Tufan. They were the highlights of that game. Apart from that, I don't remember the rest of it. Um, yeah, who else? Jesus, we've had so many shockers. But yeah, they'd definitely be, be two. Um, I'm looking at the few you've got here, mate, and I can't really disagree with most of them, <laughs> even though there's a few. Definitely... Um, who was the one? Definitely Olier, who's my third success. And definitely, um, see, Gerardo got a lot of stick, but he was excellent before he came to us. I was really excited when Gerardo signed for us because he was really, he was really talented player, but he was crap. But instead of Gerardo, I'll put, um, yeah, Suarez. All right, fair enough. Um, obviously, it's so hard to pick as well. And I, I don't know. Was yours more based on natural performances for Watford or are they based on like transfer fees? Disappointment as well, um, especially with Andre Gray, because I really bigged him up before he came to us. OK, play for the scum. And you can't wash the blood off your hands with that one. But, you know, when he he done well, at all sense of jokes aside, he done well at Luton, he done well at Burnley. He produced what we could say in his maiden season in the Premier League. And when he came to us, I went, OK, 80 million, big, big step. But he's got all the credentials to work and it just didn't work out for him um, at Watford. And it's just a shame. And I think breaking two lockdown laws as well um, thing didn't really help his uh, thing. And mentioning um, Blissett in the same sentence as Andre Gray um, didn't really go down well either, I don't think. 
Uh, fans weren't particularly keen of Andre Gray as it was, but after that interview, completely lost them. Um, just quickly before I come to you, Tom, you uh, ones TV. Uh, it's run by Pete. Uh, Pete, we know he does fantastic work with Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast as well. He, he pops up with a, gen, uh, a message saying, "Hi, gents. Merry Christmas and a happy three points. Um, Merry Christmas, Pete. Keep up, uh, Pete. Keep up the fantastic work with Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. It's came on leaps and bounds, and congratulations for getting onto Talk Sport as well. So keep up the good works and love to Cole and." Um, Justin as well. Um, so, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Um, Tom, what's your five worst signings? Um, did you find this easy or did you find it difficult? You know what, Ben? I absolutely love doing this, the research behind <laughs> this. It brought back some real memories. Um, just, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was laughing. I, it's been a lovely evening for me. I've talked about the Luton game and going through a few of these named blasts from the past. Um, okay, right. So, I'm, I've not got five. But I'll just I'll, I'll I'll list some names and uh, you can pull from that what you wish. I sort of preface this by saying that all of these, apart from one of of, of this on my list, came from abroad, a foreign culture. There may have been a number of personal reasons why it didn't work work out for them at Watford. So I don't, I don't tend to like digging players out or anything. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's sort of reasons in the background for for poor, poor performances, but. Um, top for me is undoubtedly Isaac's success. Um, a monumental waste of time and money for everyone. I think it was about 18 and a half million. Club um, record deal. At the time, yeah. I, I think he, he did have a couple of injuries. Um, but yeah, I think given his price tag, goes to show what a huge mistake it was. Um, that, that you always heard about how he was working really hard to get back in training and getting ready for first team football and he was ready he was going to kick on and he scored a, a fantastic glancing header I can't remember it was one of his first games who it was against at the Vic Bournemouth. was it yeah and you thought god you've we've, we've got a player here he was only a youngster at the time as well uh and then he'd get injured and you'd spot him on Instagram doing a dance in a ridiculous outfit um <laughs> I mean he was it was great value for for laughs on Instagram um and still is from from what I've heard <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the biggest uh, failures, I think, in, in the Pozzo network. Uh, similarly with, with Obiolari, I think Pidge mentioned him earlier. About seven and a half million. He looked like a giraffe that got lost in the jungle. Um, and, I mean, he, he, he's he been back to Belgium. I think he had a spell at Barnsley in League One, and he didn't make it there, which I think says a lot. Uh, uh, he was young at the time, sort of learning his learning his way, but that was a, that was a huge... Um, that's a bad one from from the Potsos. Uh, the, the English one that I thought was Jerome Sinclair. Um, not a lot of money, four million from Liverpool, and you know we were arguably buying potential at the time. But I think we completely got suckered in by the uh, the narrative of you know teenager making debut for Liverpool in an FA Cup game and scoring a couple of goals. Um, and he was yeah, just didn't didn't do anything for us. Didn't didn't impress. And I think he had a few opportunities, but. Yeah, um, so they're the, they're the kind of big big money, or say big money, the the sort of million pound transfer ones. Oh, I'm sorry, Bryce Bryce J J J as well. I think uh, we got him for four million from Marseille. He had about six months with us, um, and then he didn't make the didn't make the club's 20, Premier League twenty five, and then he was mouthing off to the press um, about how bad we were. So that doesn't. Uh, 
doesn't go down very well with me but and a few of the ones that were either free or loan so i'm not sure you can count them as worse ones but just some names that made me made me laugh and reminisce um steve leo bellick anyone um i think he was he was one of the the influx of of foreign loan players that came in uh in the pozzo's first season he, he went on loan to stevenage and didn't get a look in there um uh, alongside the likes of jeffrey Mijang- majangi beer John Alan Fashone, um, and maybe Newton. Although I think he did, he did okay. To be fair, um, uh, and then yeah, Dimitri Fulquier. Remember him? Um, he was he played at fullback. Uh, his most memorable appearance was in the eight 0 drubbing against Man City. I think oh, he was uh, he was hauled off after about half an hour, um, and yeah, just just left me wondering why we didn't have anyone else playing that position. Uh, although I think he was from Granada and he, I think he went back there as well. So didn't cost anything. Um, and I'll, I'll finish on one that's a bit of a, a bit of a left wing choice. It's uh, Steven Berghaus. Right now, hear me out. He became a very good player. He's had a great career after Watford's he played Champions League football with Ajax. He played in the world cup recently. And I think he's 31. Uh, and he's, I think he's captained his country or certainly captained Ajax. Now, I don't think he was a bad sign-in, but I think that the way that the club dealt with him was appalling. Um, I don't think we got the best out of him and we were well too quick to get rid of him. He, he, was, he was quite young when he joined us and he wasn't really given a chance. He needed a coach that would help him grow and uh, someone he could learn from. And I think it just goes to show how much quality he had after he left Watford. Um, and it was just a, such a shame. One of my one of the club's possibly biggest regrets in transfer history was him because he could have been he could have been a superstar for us, I think. Yeah, never really given that opportunity and never really managed his potential at Watford. It was just given bench opportunities, wasn't he? And he came off a bench one time at home to Aston Villa and provided two assists, didn't he, for Troy Deeney, where we scored late on to come back from behind. Um it it was a shame that he didn't really kick on at Watford. Um but it happens a lot at Watford. Um, I don't think we give players enough time sometimes to adapt to English football. Um, but hopefully we'll, we'll see a change of that soon. Um, it's interesting that you've um, mentioned Isaac's success as well. I've actually listed him as well. Mr. Bailey's, I like to call him. Um, he was I front page about of that, the, yeah. Front page <laughs> of the sun. Because uh, what was it? He Didn't he go out with a couple of prostitutes, drank a couple of bottles of Bailey's, couldn't perform, and then they sold a story to the the Sun newspaper, and it was front yeah. page. <laughs> Alleg- allegedly, I think is what you're supposed to say there, Ben. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, 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 allegedly. Um, so Isaac says it was allegedly. Um, yeah, I don't want to be sued or nothing by Isaac success. <laughs> and, and it's such a shame as well to see how well he's doing at Indonesia as well. He's starting week in week out for him, providing goals and assists, uh, and it, it's frustrating that we never really saw that kind of player. Um, at Watford and I don't know if you had him but I actually had him on Snapchat um, he put his Snapchat username out on social media one day and loads of Watford fans jumped on it and added him it was pretty boring to be honest it was just him dancing in his stupid gear that he, you've mentioned already Tom um, I, he just fancied himself as a dancer he, I don't know he should maybe try up and strictly come dancing next year um, but yeah I'm success with what, my um, number one club record fee a lot of hype with him, a lot of expectations, a lot of potential. 
didn't really hit the ground at Watford. Um, he looked a nuisance when he came off his bench sometime. I thought he used his strength to his advantage at times. I think he came off the bench at Manchester City away one time and he just looked really strong and they, they, they couldn't handle him. And I thought, we have got a player in him, but he didn't kick on and it was actually atrocious. Um, fantastic goal. He scored against Swansea City in the Championship both in our last home game before we got promoted. Uh, that, that was a fantastic finish. But apart from that, didn't really deliver at Watford. Um, my second one would actually be another guy who's came over from Granada and it would be Panaranda. Um, spent so much money on him again. Watford keep doing this. They spend so much money on a young guy they see a lot of potential with and they just, again, maybe falls in the same situation as Burkhouse, Tom, where not really given the opportunity <coughs> to show he's good enough for Watford. Um was in, ended up being sent on loan for numerous seasons, <coughs> season after season, not delivering at the loan club, coming back to Watford, having a pre-season, realising he's not good <coughs> enough again and being sent out again. And it looks like his, is he still contracted with a club? Is he in his final year? Do you know? Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he won't be coming back to, to Hertfordshire anytime soon, apart from to pick up his, uh, <laughs> His laundry, I think, but yeah, well, well I think with with him and and Berghaus and, and a number of others, and what well, a, a number that uh, sorry to butt in again, but Lucas Neal was another one made one appearance at the club, although he was he was pretty low risk. You do have to wonder about like the club strategy. It there just doesn't seem to be any. Um, it seemed to be a real scatter scattergun approach to to signings, and it's it's a bit worried. Like, why don't they do any research on the player's personality? That's something like that's, that's big in the NFL and, and other American sports in particular. You think, well, have they got the mentality? Surely that's got to be, as well as the physical attributes, that's got to be right up there with things that are very important. And yeah, you know, players like success and, you know, the number of others that we mentioned there just goes to show you need, you need that really. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Jump in. No, 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 no problem at all. Um, and my um, final f- um, couple is Mario Suarez from Fiorentina. Seemed like the transfer was going on for ages. The rumours, and it just went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it was finally announced that he was joining Watford, former Valencia midfielder, played in the Champions League, represented Spain at national level. And he just really flopped. I don't know if it was a case of him not adjusting to the English game or having issues in his personal life, but spending £5 million on him, he just didn't didn't look like he looked comfortable playing over in England. Um, Obiule, um, his one I've put down, about £6, £7 million we spent on him. Another young guy from Belgium didn't deliver. And then my final one, uh, I just... I know no one else has done loan players, but I can't look any further past him. It's Matthew Briggs. I think he's one of the worst players I've ever seen represent Watford. Um, just an awful, awful player. And it just shows how awful he was because after he had his loan spell at Watford, he went back to Fulham and he did absolutely nothing. I think at a year or two later, he was playing non-league football or semi-pro football. He really just wasn't cut out for it. And it's probably an example of getting to a level so early and so quick. I think he was the youngest ever Premier League player 
or Fulham or a Premier League player altogether at 16. He made his debut in the Premier League, so there's a lot of hype on his shoulders straight away. And maybe it was a mentality thing that he just couldn't cope with it. But yeah, he was one of my worst players um, I've ever seen. But yeah, boys. But without him, without him, we wouldn't have had uh, some of the precious playoff moments in the semi-final, would we? Yeah, no, that is definitely true. Um, he helped assist, knock out for that. Um, uh, penalty. Uh, he let him pass, and then Cassetti pulled him down, didn't he? Um, it it was so light of him to let knock up run past him, but it yeah, fantastic um, game that Leicester game is as well. Um, goosebumps just thinking about it. But other players we could have maybe fought out. I know Mike definitely would have put him in. Um, Alex Arsenal, Merkel from Indonesia loan signing. Juan Fran uh, from Real Betis. Many Watford fans might not know who he was, but we signed him in 2014-15 seasons and he was on our books for about four seasons and we paid £1 million for him. Um, but he never actually kicked a football at Watford. Um, so, yeah, he's up there. Jerome Sinclair, which you've already listed. Another name that Watford fans might not know, Sven Cums. Um, we signed him for about five, six million pounds from Ghent over in Belgium. Um, again, never kicked a football for the football club. Um, Mr. Ron's, uh, Ron, Uncle Ron's favourite, Pasetto, um, Undanese. I, I don't think I'll put him down as a worse signing due to his commitment for Watford and his, his playing ability. It's, it's got to be for the transfer fee alone. Um, 8.5 million for mm. a guy who maybe played four or five games for Watford and then never came back since um glenn murray free transfer no he's coming towards the end of the career but again who thinks of these transfers thinking is a right fit for what the football club he can leave the line he can replace troy deeney no he can't <laughs> he can't run uh, and then ozen tooth and i had listed as well but yeah boys thank you so much for joining me tonight and helping me out um I really do appreciate it um i hope you both enjoyed it yeah, really good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. No worries. Yeah, thanks, ben. thanks, Ben. Yeah, it's been been cracking. Really brought a smile to my face, and I hope as to the the people watching and listening too. Yeah, well, it's my my Christmas present to you guys. So I don't actually have to buy you something now. So yeah, this is my gift to you. So thank you for helping me out tonight. But yeah, thank you so much for everyone who's watched and listened. Um, thank you for your continued support during twenty twenty two. Me and Mike really do appreciate it. Um, and we wish you all the best for 2023. Merry Christmas from all of us here at Voices of the Vic. Hope you have a fantastic one. Um, we'll be back soon, um, hopefully to do a review of the Millwall game on Boxing Day, but we'll keep you posted with that. If you liked the video, don't forget to hit that like button and that subscribe button if you're new to the channel. And stay safe and come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.